right. So you got the dogs, the birds, the kids, the grandkids. Yep. All part of the new normal. Normal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, ready to get started? Yes, let's roll. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of South Florida Real Estate Radio with my self, Mac Yelling, and my partner, Dave Magwood. Dave, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Matt. All good in the land. It's a wonderful Monday. The sun's out after three days of rain here, so I feel good. That's funny. It's actually still raining at my house, but hopefully this will uh, <laughs> pass through pretty quickly. Uh, I hope so, too. We need some sun. Yep. Hey, so I know uh, we've been pretty busy the last couple of weeks or even month. Uh, you know, let's start with just maybe like a little recap of what we've been working on for the last uh, last couple of weeks to a month. So, Dave, what's been going on in your world? Well, mostly going on in my world right now is um, trying to find the right mix of, of property for buyers. Inventory is very, very low. Mm-hmm. Um, so opportunities are, are, are tougher for buyers. But... Um, inventory people looking to sell right now. Uh, what's been happening with me is as soon as we get something under five, $600,000 and we've priced it correctly and it's in good condition, we're pretty much selling it in no more than seven to 10 days. That's been the, the gist of the business right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my world's been the same way, which is, um, you know, anything under $500,000 right now is going pretty quickly if it's in good condition and priced right, like you said. Um, I have, I don't know if you've been seeing the same trend or not, but maybe at about that five fifty or even 600000 price point and then starting to go up. <laughs> um, I felt maybe like a little bit of a slowdown in the market. What are your oh thoughts on that? You're, you're reading my thoughts at you know, I had one the other day, and I'm going to just use it as an example. It was mm-hmm. a home in Coral, in Coral Springs. We priced this home very, very well. My expectancy was that we would sell it on day one of showings. We had one day of showings for about four hours, 22 people through. But the offers never came like expected. And that's when I also kind of affirmed what my thinking is. Whereas maybe a couple of weeks ago, those buyers would have acted very quickly. Now they're sitting back and that's that slowdown. I'm starting to feel where uh, people are not just jumping in like they did um, call it in the COVID period. Yeah. I, I, I would say I would, I would just add an addition to that. Like, you know, obviously we came out of, you know, May, mid-May around there where the, you know, the county and the country and the, and the state were reopening and it, it, everything just exploded, right? Through uh, the end of May, then into June, July and August, right? But now I feel like I'm feeling a little bit of a maybe leveling off to say maybe a little bit of a slowdown in the up, uh, upper end market and a leveling off in the entry level market from like zero to 500,000, right? Absolutely. So I've been putting a little bit of thought into this and kind of trying to figure out the why. And I'm just looking at like kind of, you know, everybody's situation. And, you know, the one thing that happened in the last two to three weeks, which maybe we're not thinking about, um, is schools have reopened. Right. So everybody in the summertime from May, June, July, and even into August were, you know, scrambling and hustling to you know, 
either sell their property and buy another one or buy a property, right? Uh, before the school season started. And now that school has started, you kind of, or, or at least I feel like, I feel like it's tapering off a bit. Um, you know, kids are back in school. You know, they're either, if they're in like, you know, American Heritage in Boca or a private school, they're either, right now they're going back to school. Um, and then if they're in public school, they're doing school online and virtually every day. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. So, that's definitely made a change. Yeah, I feel like that's probably one of the biggest reasons why we felt that kind of leveling off or maybe even slowdown in some of the different markets. And that's standard, Matt, for, for this time of the year. We, we're a little behind the eight ball. Usually this happens to us uh, beginning of August of every year when everybody is going back to school and settling down. And the, f- the first priority is your children, which which makes total sense. And then your plans of moving or buying or selling just falls to the back burner for a period of time. So uh, it's indicative. I think what it's saying is we've actually caught up with the normal timeline of real estate. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, like almost like it feels to me like in the summertime, we were driving down I-95, doing 100 miles an hour down there, and then all of a sudden we hit some traffic, right, and slowed down to 60. And even though it's still the speed limit at 60 or 70 miles an hour, it feels really, really slow compared to the 100 miles an hour we've been doing before. all summer long. Yeah, Absolutely agree with you. Totally. Now, that, that, that's real. Yeah. The data is very interesting, too, and we'll get into some of that. But, you know, as far as demand and, and what's still driving demand, I think is some of the same stuff. So, um, again, historically low mortgage rates. I think we had another, what was it, a week or two ago, we had another record low in mortgage rate. Um, yeah you know, which is helping people with housing affordability. So even though houses and prices are still appreciating and going up because the mortgage rates are still going down and, and, and are at historic lows, the housing affordability index is actually rising. So people are able to afford more, um, you know, and buy a more expensive house and still keep their payments the same. Yep, money. The value yep. of money, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, and then, of course, I think with the uncertainty in the world right now, there's definitely a strong desire for ownership. People want to own right now because of the uncertainty and they want to, uh, you know, make sure that they're stable and their family is stable by owning as opposed to renting. I think that's driving a little bit, um, you know, and then we've talked about on, on podcasts before how, you know, we're exiting the city life and going to more of a suburban style with more space, more land, more rooms, a room for studying, a room for schooling, a room for people to work from home, sometimes two people to work from home. So we've, all those things are still driving demand uh, in the marketplace. Absolutely. This, that's going to be for a long, long time to come. I think the way that, that, that we, we lived, uh, if I could call it that word, uh, pre-COVID is going to be very, very different. You're going to even see, I even think, a change in the floor plan of a house, whereas we were going with that very open floor plan. Um, as I've been talking to people over the last week or two, a lot of folks want separation because yeah. now everything is is under one roof and they need that separation to keep sane. They need that their, their sanity. So instead of everything being open and like like a madhouse, they want some separation. 
Yeah, absolutely. So all of that combined is still driving demand, even though it's leveled off a bit, it's still driving some pretty high demand. Um, what do you think are some of the bigger challenges that we're seeing in the marketplace? Absolutely the biggest challenge right now, again, and I think it's getting worse by the day, is inventory. You know, yeah. I had a client that I've been, uh, I've held and, and worked with her over the years, and she got her son approved this last week for a home. And she was saying to me she wanted to look between 100,000 and 200,000 in Broward County for a two-bedroom mm-hmm. home, single family. Yeah. Um, she bought a house from me for in the 190s about five years ago, a really nice house, a three-bedroom in, in Broward County. When we did that search the other day for her, three houses came up in the whole of Broward County, two yeah. bedrooms plus. There's just no inventory. Yeah. Broward County is actually, uh, for the last two months now, has been under three months of uh, supply of inventory. So now uh, they're sitting at 2.8 months is where it's currently at uh, in supply of inventory, which is down 35.9% from last year at the same time. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you put in some parameters for a house, you know, a certain price point. You know, they want a pool. They want certain things and all, you know, and, and only three things come up in the entire county. That does not shock me. Yeah, it's scary. It's absolutely yeah. scary. Yeah. Very, um, very scary. You know, and even on the higher end, I've got a client that, uh, you know, he's looking for something between $1.5 million and $2 million. And, uh, you know, he's got certain parameters. He wants over mm-hmm. 5,500 squ- uh, square feet. He wants, you know, four to five car garage. He wants, um, uh, you know, f- minimum five bedrooms. He wants a home office. So, you know, as I'm putting in all of these parameters for him, I'm coming up with the same things. On, in, Problem. In, even, mm-hmm. even in that price point to where it's very few and far between houses that fit his criteria at a 1.5 to 2 million price point, surprisingly enough. Yep. There's just nothing there because everybody's got their expectations. And unfortunately, the weird thing with all of us is that our expectations usually are champagne. And what you can get for that expectation financially is usually almost like on a beer budget. And it can be between 100,000 or 100 million. It gets quite difficult. You know, another reason why we're probably seeing a lower number of houses hitting the market um, is, of course, that, uh, you know, people generally sell their homes when they take on new jobs, you know, get promoted or move to new cities. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot, lot less of that going on now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the number one challenge definitely and throughout the entire summer has definitely been low, low inventory. But now it's even worse than I would say it was back in May, May, June and July. Yeah. yeah. Have you run the numbers inventory was comparatively? Yes. Is it yeah. worse? It is. Yeah. Uh, the last like be. probably. Yeah. The last like four to eight weeks, um, inventory has been down under three months supply. And, uh, you know, in the summertime, it was like 3.3, 3.1 uh, in that area. So, yeah, it's almost half a point down or half a month down in, in inventory. Wow. And condos are the opposite, which yep. co- condos and vertical living 
have been increasing in inventory and are up 10.9% instead of down 35.9%. And their inventory is now 6.1 months of inventory. Right. And I think that's not going to change. I think that's going to get worse. And with, with all the uncertainty that, that, that still surrounds us, people do not want to be in those high-rise buildings. They don't want to be in condos. Their first preference and choice will always be single family and freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll be definitely the trend probably for the next year or two at least until, you know, things obviously get cleared up, cleaned up a little bit. Things are a bit safer. And then I think you'll see probably that trend back to uh, maybe city living, you know, sometime down the road, years in the future, maybe. Totally agree. I think it's going to be, oh, I don't know, a lot of people talk about uh, an exit from cities and a lot of people are saying it'll never happen or it's over-exaggerated. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, if you look at statistics over the last three or four months and you look at places where people are moving to, not not only in our area, but all over the show, everybody is, when I say everybody, the majority of, of purchases are single family out of, out of the real hustle and bustle if they can, but close enough to it. And we can do that now because we've just learned that we can do a lot of our work from home now. And a lot of people are working the majority of their days at home and only going to the office maybe two or three or four times a month. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and like the reality is even in our office, you kind of see that where, you know, maybe 20 or 30 people used to come in consistently before most of the, most of all of them are working from home and now maybe five or five to eight are coming in consistently. Yeah. I think everything's changing. Every industry around us right now is in process of change. And yeah, and that's going to affect the way that we, we live. Yep. So uh, let's talk about some statistics. And uh, the first one I want to start with is showing time data. Look at that. Uh, since the state has reopened in mid-May, it's still up over last year. But there's definitely a leveling off. So it's uh, where it was continuing to increase and increase and increase throughout the summer into August. Uh, now mm -hmm. you can kind of see where that's leveled off. Uh, but with that being said, um, it's even though it's leveling off, it's still significantly higher than it was in January and February before the pandemic. And it's still higher than last year. Right. Wow. So, so again, it goes back to the when you're running 100 miles an hour and you slow down to 80 miles an hour, you know, it feels like it's slow, but it's really not slow compared not to slow. last year. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you get so used to it. Yep. And uh, year over year, if you look at showing time data traffic um, for showings, people going to look at homes, it's it's up still 40 40.7% year over year. Yeah. So I think so that it, is indicative. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Purchase. So mortgage applications to purchase. Um, again, you, I'm seeing a leveling off of that over like the last four weeks, uh, but still significantly higher than it was in January and February and significantly higher than it was uh, last year. Sure. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? We have pending sales uh, significantly up 34.6 year over year. 
compared to last year. Okay, what area are you looking at, Matt? Is that is that just uh, South Florida or Palm Beach or that's Broward, Broward? County? Yeah, Broward County. Okay, yeah. Broward County, um, and you see the same kind of trends in 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 Palm Beach County too. By the way, especially Southern Palm Beach County uh, is usually pretty pretty close to being in alignment with Broward. Mm. Uh, you know, so you know I give Broward because it's the biggest sample size. Um, you know, but, it, you know, it's the, that's the trend across all South Florida. Right. And then, well, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. I was, I'm just reading an article as we're talking, and it, and it just came up right now where they're talking about the Canadians and uh, the, their nervousness right now uh, coming to Florida uh, mm-hmm. as, as snowbirds. And uh, what I'm, I'm gathering from what I'm reading is, uh, yes, they're nervous right now, but when this thing kind of clears even more, you're going to see a, a, another spurt of real estate taking off as soon as these guys start coming down for their, call it their, their, their annual snowbird yeah. season. Yeah, you're I think right. it's going to make a huge, huge, huge difference. Yep. And we, have, we haven't even had that at the moment. They haven't even really come to us in, in their droves like they normally do. Yep. And then uh, let's see, pen, pending sales. So pending sales year over year in Broward County are up, like we spoke about, Mm -hmm. Uh, Palm Beach County up, and then uh, the average selling price. So the average selling price is up in Broward County, 9.9%. Hey, that's a huge number, man. It is. And then the average selling price in um, Palm Beach County is even higher at 13.7% up in palm beach county wow so so prices are still you know kind of going up and again it's that you know economic supply and demand when you have a very very low supply and then you have a higher demand that's that's what's kind of still driving the price prices up which we saw all throughout the summer and still continues now into august and september that's amazing you know it's so unusual um but then it's the pent-up demand Mm-hmm. That 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 we're still feeling right now. I don't know how long it's going to last because we are right at this point. I'm gathering, just looking at the numbers, our pricing of our houses is going higher. Uh, uh, call it uh, escalation is going quicker than inflation. So we yep. are, are going in the wrong direction. Yes. So really, at the end of the day, there's going to come a spot where the two lines meet on that graph and yep. the cost, the cost of living is just going to be very difficult. Yeah. And, uh, even, you know, I've got a quote from one of the chief economists for uh, realtor.com, uh, who's, you know, talking about it's, it's a little, this is a nationwide stat. So total inventory down 38% nationwide. Um, I think in Broward County, we said it was down 35.9. So almost an alignment. So yep. even with total inventory down 38%, buyers continue to be motivated by low mortgage rates, a strong desire for certainty of ownership uh, in an uncertain world. They're quickly putting offers on homes that come up for sale, driving the overall numbers for sale lower. And that's from Makes uh, sense. Yeah, the chief, one of the chief economists of Realtor.com. Uh, so let's talk about like projections uh, a little bit. So, you know, when you look at, Freddie Mac, Zillow, Realtor.com, uh, you know, and we can, you know, probably rattle off another five or ten other names, but 
their projections have started to change as well. Absolutely. Yeah. See how positive they suddenly become? Yeah, it's very interesting. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So Fannie Mae is now projecting a 4.4% growth over the next 12 months. The NAR is projecting 4.3. Zillow's projecting 3.6. Freddie Mac, 2.3. And, you know, I can go ahead and continue naming four or five more of these that I have here, but you get the point. And this is, you know, the same folks that were projecting a downturn, you know, back in March, April, and into May, that we were going to have negative appreciation on uh, on, on home on future home prices, mm-hmm. right? So Fannie Mae's Fannie Mae said that we would be, and they were one of the more positive ones back in back in April. But they they said that we would kind of be even over the next twelve months, and now they are saying plus four point four percent. Zillow, <laughs> they said we would be negative three percent over the next twelve months, and now their forecast of projection is positive. 3.6. So a change of 6.6% in Zillow's projections from negative three to positive 3.6. So very, very interesting how all these people are now changing to a more optimistic and, um, and uh, looking at price appreciation for the next 12 months, as opposed to uh, being in the negative for the next 12 months. What are your thoughts? Well, it sounds like 2006, seven, and eight all over again. Everybody throwing in their 10 cents worth and nobody knows exactly what it is. Um, what my thoughts are is I would be very, not the word concerned, but very knowledgeable and dig deeper into what you're hearing and seeing and and get down to your subdivision your your city see what is really going on um there's a lot of moving factors behind a lot of these articles that we see that are not indicative of true market but sometimes they are based on what people want to hear especially for the time of the year that we're in and you've just got to be very careful. You know, I remember the banks saying to us in 2007, everything is fine. We're liquid. No, we don't have a problem. And a month later, the whole world came down and three or four of those banks went uh, belly up. So I'm, I'm very nervous to just accept, especially when you have a 30-day change that is, slight, is below the line and suddenly it's above the line in 30 days. Uh, you don't take that that data too seriously. You've got to give it at least six, seven months of solid data showing that. But again, uh, things are driven by by the media. What do you think about that? Look, I think, uh, you know, um, on a just regular basic fundamental level, the housing housing economy remains really, really solid despite the pandemic, right? But I think there's some things that, you know, are playing into that. So number one for me is we still have this kind of looming forbearance moratorium. Forbearance. We've got the uh, eviction moratorium that's been extended to at least the end of the year, um, which I don't think maybe or maybe they are taking it into account. Who knows? Uh, But we also have the uh, foreclosure moratoriums that have been extended. Um, 
you know, so to me, I think between the eviction moratorium and the foreclosure moratorium, right, eventually those are going to come to fruition. Totally. Yeah. And what we've seen is we've seen since the beginning of the pandemic where, you know, first you can get three months, then you can get six months. Now you can get 12 months. Um, You know, we've extended the eviction moratorium probably like two or three times just in the state of Florida you know, up, up to this point, eventually those things will come to fruition and the government and people in general are going to stop kicking the can down the road. You can only kick the can down the road for so, for so long. And then eventually you got to stop kicking the can down the road. Uh, and when that happens, I do think that we will obviously see, you know, some kind of fallout from that. Um, I don't think necessarily that it's going to be um, I don't think it's going to be this uh, tidal wave of foreclosures Mm. and downturn in the market, the housing market that maybe people thought back in April, uh, you know, May and June. Um, But I do think, obviously, as these things come to fruition uh, and, you know, the market's kind of muscling its way through the pandemic. And, you know, when some of these things come to fruition, I think you're going to see a trickle of foreclosures rather than a flood of them. Absolutely agreed. And it'll be very much more controlled by, by the institutions and their asset managers, um, knowing that they, they are very highly leveraged as well on these assets. They're not going to allow um, a free-for-all to take place. Uh, I don't think they're going to get a bailout like they got before. So I think they're going to play their cards a little differently. And they're going to look at every individual situation very, very well. They're going to scrutinize that loan. And if there is some form of equity in it, they're probably going to hold off going into a foreclosure scenario. And they're going to probably play a, play a timeline because, yes, this is going to come and this is going to go. This is just like a transition. Problem is nobody knows exactly how many months or a year before this starts and ends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we don't know whether, you know, come the end of the year, whether they're just going to extend the eviction moratorium again, right? Um, I think, and please, this is purely me thinking, I think after the elections, um, no matter who is going to be in, in, in position of authority, things will have to change and it's going to change and it's going to start happening, I would say, February, March onwards. Yeah. Yeah. Start. That'll be a start. I don't think you'll see anything phenomenal, but they're, they're going to have to at least put their hand on the brake. Yeah, I don't think we'll see the flood that we saw from years ago because of obviously the equity and people having options, right? right? Whether they can sell and take their equity out, uh, whether they can refinance, you know, and and even at this point get a record historic low mortgage rate Um, or, you know, potentially, you know, work some kind of deal out with the bank, you know, so, yep, to either add it to the end or whatever it's going to be. And and especially now, Matt, because uh, as as we talk residential real estate right now, we talk about either living in the house and that being your home or you're thinking of it as an asset. Now, if you're looking long term and this is your home, I, I urge you to get hold of your bank or, or your lender and negotiate a long term deal. Because the majority of us at the end of the day, if we can afford a certain number per month, 
that's what it's all about. It's not always necessarily um, the, the outstanding debt. And if you can live there at, the, at, at that monthly payment that makes you comfortable, I would suggest renegotiating that. Don't just jump into having to sell the property because you are not going to find what you've got right now in most cases with the inventory being so low. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, you know, the whole forbearance thing is, is, is leveling off too. Um, you know, it's been trending down since I think May was the highest point and it's been trending down and kind of leveling off since May. Yeah. Yeah. It has um, definitely slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's chat about the second piece that kind of goes into this, which is the unemployment piece. So, uh, the latest forecast for unemployment came in at 8.4%, which was a full point uh, better than experts had predicted. So they were predicting mm -hmm. about a 9.4, 9.5, and it came in at 8.4. So what are your thoughts on that? That's huge. I, th I think it's, uh, it's, it's very good news. Uh, things yeah. are looking better. Unemployment's uh, improving. Uh, it's usually seasonal, so we just need to make sure that it, it's – we don't just take that data like we do at the moment. It's, it's like we're on a, a roller coaster from month to month. Take a few months of, of positive or negative data and, and start to feel. But this is good news that what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's really, really good news from an unemployment standpoint. And I know, uh, you know, there's some restaurants and bars that are in certain areas of South Florida that are, uh, you know, able to reopen in the, in the coming weeks, um, you know, but to beat, that percentage at 8.4 by a full percentage point is really, really great. And if you just mm. put it in perspective too. So, you know, at the height of this, I think we were roughly about 16.5% unemployment, um, you know, and people that were laid off, laid off or furloughed or whatever. And to now be at 8.4% is a huge win. Uh, but then even if you go back and look at kind of some historic, um, you know, whether it's the Great Depression or the Great Recession. So during the Great Depression, unemployment was over 20 percent from 1932 to 1935 for just about four years, over 20 percent unemployment. So for us to be at 8.4 percent now during a pandemic is um, actually really, really positive when you put that in perspective. Yeah. Uh, and, and then even when you go back into maybe some more recent recent years and look at the Great Recession, where the unemployment rate was 9% or greater from April of 2009 to October of 2011, was greater than 9%. So to be at 8.4, when you kind of put that in perspective, is really, really good right now. It is. I think that there's a lot of positiveness could place, right? Looking good. They really are. But keep an uh, eye on everything, guys. Just just watch, see, um, talk to a good realtor in your neighborhood who who's, has access to uh, what is going on that you can't see, um, the data especially. See if anybody is falling behind, if there's um, pending foreclosures that might affect the value in your area, your subdivision. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about uh, a little bit about future projections. What are your what are your thoughts kind of in the next like two to six to twelve months? 
I don't think we're going to see much of a change in the next two, two to six months. I think what we see and feel right now, we might start to feel more of a slowdown with the value of the, the property itself, the, the price or the price per square foot isn't going to go down, not very, very much at all. If anything, it's going to go up in the low end because of the demand. Interest rates are going to be like this for the next two to five years. So that's going to keep us moving forward nice and steadily um, six months onwards that's a different story because now we're talking a completely set change set of rules and regulations that are going to come into play either way and things might be a little different but in in the long term what what history has has shown and what i've seen over 34 years is even in the height of the worst real estate always always sells because people need homes and, pe and, and people live and things happen every day to have to sell or have to buy. It's, it's just a timing thing. And I don't think we're going to see any huge swings, not in the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think uh, I would agree with that. I think, you know, we might see, you know, we might see potentially a, a little bit of a slowdown or potentially even a little bit of dip, you know, coming into the elections and, and maybe towards the end of the year. And uh, that's not anything different or out of the norm. Uh, historically, when we're in an election year, things slow down towards the October, November period and throughout the, and through the year and then kind of ramp up the uh, after the holidays. So that's mm -hmm. nothing, nothing out of the norm. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like we'll definitely probably see that slow down again this year, especially since uh, this election is going to be so different and really so important. I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention to this one more so than maybe they had in the past. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so for the remainder of the year, the NAR, uh, their chief econ economist, Lawrence Yoon, is actually forecasting... Um, forecasting that we're going to ramp up to 5.8 million uh, home sales over the nation in the, you know, last quarter, second half of the year, which then would put us roughly about 1.1% projected uh, over in 2020, 1.1% over than 2019, which to me, that's amazing when you really really think about it i mean who would have thought back in march and april and may <laughs> that 2020 would beat 2019 by 1.1 percent didn't even come even into a thought pattern that's and crazy today, right it's crazy stuff <laughs> like nobody nobody in their right mind would have thought that tw we would have beat 2019 in never. 2020 never, but never, here never. we are right it's all changed yeah things happen <laughs> day by day here that we're living in very different times. Yeah. And then, uh, and then next year, uh, the NAR is predicting that we will be seeing an increase in the real estate market somewhere between 8% and 12% in home sales. Home sales, right. And, I'm, and when, I'm, I'm guessing that when they talk these numbers, they're talking more on the single family side of things, not really the condo. Because uh, condo, I'm very skeptical about everything I said in my, my last comment does not necessarily fall in line with what I see in the condo market. That market's very, very different. And I think that market, especially the higher end, is going to see some major price drops or 
no value escalation is a better way of putting it in the yeah in the I would agree with I would agree with that from a from a high end and high level perspective I think that there there's definitely going to be a significant drop in the condo market on the higher end I do feel like that once covid-19 gets cleaned up a bit and perhaps maybe some kind of vaccine mm-hmm. you know if the if what you see on the news is accurate and maybe we do get some kind of vaccine by the end of the year or the beginning of next year whatever that time frame may be I think that there's going to be some real values to be had and gotten um, in kind of that mid to lower end condo market. And I think you will see those purchases start to come back once the once COVID-19 gets cleaned up a bit. Absolutely agree. You think about uh, I was talking about those snowbirds. As soon as we have this thing clear, you're going to see that whole movement again and not only from from Canada, but from overseas you think about all those people that are sitting waiting right now to purchase that are are, are on the fence ready but can't really do it with all the rules and regulations and the COVID nervousness involved you know we've got the the dollar weakening uh, as we keep spending and and putting local stimulus into us but though that's helping those other currencies in the world to improve in value and they are now biting ready to move in as soon as they they get the green light. Yeah. Um, I also feel like um, we will continue to see home price appreciations through at least the next year or two, maybe with a little bit of a dip, you know, like I said, during election time, um, you know, but I also feel that um, as you know, potentially we might feel a bit of inflation or even hyperinflation from, you know, the government dumping trillions and trillions of dollars into the economy. Um, you know, we're already starting to feel inflation in some different areas like food. If you go to Publix and you get some steaks like we talked about on previous podcasts, they're more expensive now than they were pre-pandemic. Uh, and then there's other areas where you see that same kind of trend. But mm-hmm. I I feel like with such low mortgage interest rates in conjunction with potential inflation or maybe even hyperinflation in the next year or two, um, you know, that it'll continue to drive the real estate market because if the, if housing starts inflating along with the rest of, you know, the goods, the goods in the economy, then you could potentially take a, you know, 30, 30 year fixed mortgage out for whatever, 2.8, 2.9 right now percent. And if inflation is greater than 2.5 or 3%, then mathematically your money is almost free. Just free money. That's exactly how you got to look at it. That's what's going to drive the market. Correct. So people that are very astute and they say, hey, if things are inflating at 3% and I can get a loan at 2.8%, I'm literally getting making free money. money. You're making money. Correct. Yep. Making Correct. money on the system. So I think when people figure that out, which will probably be within the next couple of months, um, I think that's going to continue driving the real estate market big time. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And as long as uh, I don't know how the government is going to control that, because they kind of played all their cards already, so they can't really increase the 
the interest rates and they and inflation they've spent the money so inflation is there anyway so i think this is a really good thing a very great opportunity for us as consumers yeah so let's uh let's delve into that a little bit so tell me a little bit about maybe some advice that you would give to um to uh buyers at the moment buyers right now if you're thinking to buy a home number one um, be ready if you're thinking to purchase the timing is great just know that you've got to stay there a period of time no no less than five years be prepared if you're doing a mortgage make sure that you're not only pre-qualified but fully qualified verified almost like a cash deal and all you're looking for is the property or you will lose especially if you're under 500,000 uh, the first couple of bids that come in because there's a lot of people ahead of you that have gone through the same timeline and have learned and burnt themselves a couple of times so if you want to be ahead of that eight ball prepare before you even look at anything and if something comes up and it suits your criteria don't hesitate because the inventory is not increasing enough for that same opportunity to come up again, maybe in your timeline. You might have to wait a very long time to see something come up again. Whereas before, um, this never happened. We could lose one today and another one would come up tomorrow morning. Those days are gone. And don't forget that inventory shortage that you're seeing is completely also controlled by the government pertaining to the forbearance and the foreclosure monitoriums. A lot of that inventory right now is never going to come to market until um, this all clears. So you've got to take all the moving factors into consideration. But as a buyer, a home is very important, not only for you, but for your, for your family. And more important than that, uh, for your psychology and uh, People need a roof over their head. They, they need to get some resemblance of life again. Yep. Uh, I agree 100%. I think that if you're a buyer right now, and we've done a whole another podcast on this, but you absolutely have to be on your A game. And if you're not on your A game, you're probably going to lose. And, absolutely. Uh, you know, so the days of low-balling sellers are, you know, a thing of the past for now. Um, you know, they'll obviously the market will probably shift sometime down the road in the future where you can do that. But now is not that time. Totally agree. This is this is a time to to get what you can, knowing that you're going to be living there a long time. Yep. How about uh, sellers? What would you what would what would you be your advice be for somebody who's potentially thinking about maybe selling? Make sure that you have a very well set exit strategy in play. Um, do not go on the market until you know exactly what you want to do and how you're going to do it and where you're going to land. Because just as we talk about buyers and multiple offers, that's going to happen to you. And what are you going to do if that is on your plate and you don't have a plan of action? Be ready. Yeah. And especially right now as a seller and somebody who purchased between, say, 2004 and, say, 2007, um, those interest rates were between 4 and 7%. You could, if you don't want to refinance and look for something better or, or, or 
change direction to something smaller, now's the time to do it. Because if you're going to use that money, I would highly suggest that you leverage it using a mortgage and get out of this one and get into something that you want to be in. And and it's a time that it's you're going to make money living in a home that you want to be in as a seller. But now's the time to do it. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I think, you know, obviously it's been a good time to sell all summer long. I don't think that's changed right now. Um, I think that if you price it right and the house shows well and is in decent condition, that you're absolutely going to get top dollar. Uh, and then as the seller, you we've talked about this before, but you dictate the terms and conditions. You know, so if you need some extra time to figure out mm-hmm. where you're going to go and how you're going to do it, then you can do a 45 or a 60 day closing with no problem. Um, you know, you can say no to an offer if it doesn't make sense for you based on the buyer's terms and conditions. Yep. So at the end of the day, you're in charge of everything that's happening as a seller. Um, and you can kind of dictate the terms and conditions kind of what to what you and maybe your family needs. I agree. You know, right now, I, I, I had a great example. I was talking about this one home in Coral Springs. It didn't sell on day one, but it sold on day two. The reason it didn't really sell on day one, <laughs> I apologize. So it's a little slower, right? But uh, we were looking for some very specifics, not necessarily just the price, but the terms and conditions. So out of the, the, the say, 35 people that came through, we chose one that actually suited our seller's needs and her main needs were, were a timeline. She wanted to be able to stay in her home longer than the 30 or a 45 day closing and push it to a 60 to a 70 day closing. So it went into November for the sole purpose of her new move, which was her exit strategy into a new construction. So we were able to get that timeline to work for her as a seller. Whereas in the past, we would have had to maybe just jump on one or two of the, the offers that did not right. really suit her. But now, as seller, you can you can kind of I won't say nominate, but at least you have some uh, some form of control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about for maybe investors, Dave? Make sure that you're uh, you're talking about single family investment. Yeah, maybe somebody that wants to do an investment or a flip, or maybe wants to do maybe a multifamily home or you know, maybe wants to invest in a rental, like what are your thoughts on that market? All right. Uh, people trying to flip right now, I don't think that the numbers um, are, are great because um, unless you are really able to purchase well in the beginning, I don't think the numbers are, are, are substantiating making money unless you're able to, again, all timeline orientated, buy it at the right price, do the work on the house and be gone in a 90-day cycle. You mm-hmm. should be okay. You should still be able to get a 10 to a 20% return on your investment if you find the right property. But the problem is they're becoming hen's teeth because the market is so good. The inventory is so low. So to find those discounts or those properties that need work where you can get the discount because of the work is getting less and less. Yeah, I agree, especially in the single family market. You know, if I was going mm-hmm. to give uh, advice to, uh, you know, some investors right now, um, I would maybe look into an over 55 situation that maybe you might be able to find something that's uh, been lived in for quite some time, needs some updating uh, over 55 community with maybe like a condo 
you know, you were talking about how many, how much inventory is in there with condos and everybody wanting, wanting to move out of that situation. Mm -hmm. If you can find something that maybe needs some renovation and maybe at the right price and the numbers make sense, uh, you know, that, that might be an area to kind of maybe find an opportunity in. Totally agree. Be opportunistic. Yep. How about, uh, you know, maybe commercial, Dave? Let's talk about that for just a second. Okay. Uh, we are going to see some major changes in the commercial market, as, as everybody knows right now. Um, I'm just reading an article as, as we talk <laughs> about uh, one of the major hotels in, in Miami Beach that's uh, just gone into foreclosure right now. And I'm going to see a lot of or not me, but everybody's going to see a lot of this type of, of asset taking a lot of strain, um, hotels, office space. Uh, we're going to see some major changes. Um, yeah. a, lot, a lot of office space uh, is going to change from that zoning to maybe um, more residential-based living. We're starting to see a lot of new plans coming out throughout the country where the uh, companies, asset companies are coming in and purchasing this this property and kicking out the retail and all the office and rethinking the, the property. Re I won't call it rezoning um, to a, a different way of living. So, so you, are you th are you talking about something that may have been commercial buildings yes. that these asset companies are coming in and purchasing and maybe rezoning to residential or something of that nature? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You're going to see a lot more of that as time goes by. They're going to have uh, our lives pre-COVID to post-COVID has changed. Just uh, as an example, we look at our own off office. We have an office of close to 130 or 40 agents. We don't get no more than five agents at a time in that office on any one day now. But I can promise yeah. you 100 and something of those agents are working 100% of the time. They just don't work from the office anymore. Yeah, and, the, and that's just our example, right? So you can correct. take that and put that put that into most or any businesses mm -hmm. and people that used to have to commute into an office or maybe not having to do that anymore, and now yep. they can do their job from home. Um, you know, that's from a commercial standpoint. From a retail standpoint, I was in the mall for the first time in quite some time um, on Saturday afternoon. Um, I had like about 20, 30 minutes to kill while I was waiting for somebody. And um, I'm like, oh, let me stop by the mall and maybe pick up a couple things. I haven't been there in forever, right? Right. And so, so I go into the mall on a Saturday morning at like about 1030 because um, I was waiting for somebody at, a, at 11 and I was early. And the mall wasn't even opened yet and it was empty wow. at 1030 in the morning. Yeah, and that's then, strange. <laughs> yep, half half the stores in the mall had signs on the front door saying that, you know, we're not reopening or we're closed down during the pandemic. We won't be reopening till further notice. And then 11 o'clock came around and maybe like half of the stores in the mall started opening up at, at 11. And a majority of them, especially the bigger ones like, uh, you know, Apple, um, Neiman Marcus, uh, you know, some of the Saks Fifth Avenue, they were none of them opened their doors. It's a strange time, and I think this is indicative of, of how this real estate is going to change. I really do. I really believe it. It's, it's going to affect 
the commercial market a lot. So everything we've spoken about prior to, to, to the commercial talk right now is going to be the opposite on the other side of commercial. Um, yeah. We're going to see some fun times, some change times. Uh, there's, there's some parts of the commercial market right now that are exploding at a vengeance mm-hmm. that they can't keep up. Industrial is wild. Warehouse space is wild. You're probably going to see a lot of um, retail stores that, that are fairly big or, or big box stores. May I call it, I'm going to use an example, and this is not a real one, but say a Kmart that had um, 50 to 100,000 square feet, that'll, that'll disappear. It might not have been a perfect position location-wise, and that will become a warehouse, and that will be a transition warehouse for one of the bigger companies um, be it an Amazon or whoever else is in the market at the time. You're going to see a lot of those changes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, what other words of wisdom do you have for our listeners? Well, we're halfway through hurricane season. What a wonderful, good hurricane season we have. And we've been super blessed on the East Coast here. Uh, we haven't had very much. Um, let's just hope it carries on like that and just keep yeah, looking absolutely. for opportunities here yeah, and try and get normal, get back to normal and, and try and get away from the anxiety and the stress that, that seems to be around everybody at the moment. Start to enjoy it. Yeah, I think, you know, my words of wisdom would probably be the same uh, trending throughout the summer and, and into now back to school time, which is. You know, if you're, you know, if you're a seller looking to capitalize on your money and uh, and max out, you know, it's probably a good time to go do something. Mm. If you're a buyer, yeah, it's a little bit tougher. Um, but, you know, if you do the right things and take the right actions and the right preparation, um, you can absolutely buy a nice property within your price range. Totally. Um, you know, it might be a little tougher to find. Uh, and you might have to think a little bit strategically and outside of the box and maybe look for something off market, um, you know, that hasn't hit the market yet, uh, but it's still doable. And, you know, same thing with investors and commercial, too. Like, you know, obviously those markets are very, very much tougher right now. Uh, but, you know, if you look, you can find it just takes no more work and more Absolutely. effort. Um, that said, Matt, I fully and 100% believe what I'm going to share with you right now. And I know a lot of realtors are going to hate me for this. <laughs> As a buyer, don't just expect your realtor to use the multi-listing service to find you a home. When you have a specific goal and a focused area that you want to work on, have a realtor that is digging deep. And what I mean by digging deep, there are many different avenues to find a home make them do the work not just sit on a system and hope and pray that somebody lists a property in that area and expect to get it if you want to also get a deal use the realtor who's doing this because many of these properties are not on open market and if it's not on the open market but he's able to or she's able to go to different sources to find it you might not be bidding against 100 people on it and you're going to get a, pro- a better transaction. So that's my word of wisdom right now. Yes, sir. Um, I don't think everybody hates you that for that, Dave. They still love you anyway. Good. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So if uh, anybody wants to reach out to you, how can they uh, get a hold of you? Best way to contact me is usually by telephone or text. And that would be 754-581-5077. Or alternatively, um, very simple website. Just type in dave.properties, nothing else. And that'll take you directly to my webpage. All right, cool. And if you want to get a hold of me, my direct line is 954-295-7540. You can find me at Matt Gelling Realtor on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the social media platforms. Um, You can reach by text, phone call, whatever, whatever is easiest for you. And I'll I'll respond as soon as absolutely possible. Um, Thanks again for all of our listeners. Thank you to you, Dave. Um, If you love what we're doing, please leave us a review. Please leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear kind of uh, uh, what challenges you guys are having out there Mm -hmm. and kind of what you want to discuss on the podcast. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you, Mitch. All right. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day. You as well. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Hey guys, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the South Florida Real Estate Radio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got some great information out of it. Please leave us a rating. Please leave us a review. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. What are your big questions around real estate? Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Bye.